I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have you here listening, but also our next guest, Doug Campbelljohn, who is the founder and CEO of a fairly new company, called Airspeed. And for those of you who are in tech, Doug is actually not new to tech. Many of you may know him from stints that he's done with some incredible companies, including LinkedIn, Microsoft, Salesforce, some of the most innovative companies. He held various leadership roles within those companies and is known as really being a change maker within those companies with many of the things that they uh have come out with. He's a seasoned entrepreneur as well, leveraging technology to drive innovation and improve people's lives. And I just can't even wait to talk to him about this newest venture that he started in the middle of COVID called Airspeed and get his insights overall on entrepreneurship and leadership. So welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Kara. Absolutely. So you're an incredible, not just an entrepreneur, you're sort of maybe the rare breed of people that have gone between larger companies and helped them to disrupt, I feel like, but then also have started companies. And in this case, decided that you saw this hole in the market, no one was doing it. And you're like, I need to just go start this company. So I'd love to hear how you think about creating a startup. Like what is sort of the first thing that you think about? Was it really as much as like you looked for who else was doing this and uh, hoped that somebody else was doing it and they weren't? So you decided, okay, I got I to gotta take this one on. I think, you know, uh, you know I've, I've always said, you know, entrepreneurs are no smarter than anyone else. It's just our, our, our radar dishes are tuned a little differently. And mm-hmm. I think that what, what, um, what I found from most entrepreneurs I know and myself included is that we're just constantly seeking like problems. And when we see something that doesn't work the way we think it should work, we don't assume the the problem is us. We assume the problem is the product. Um, So I keep this running list. I call the suck list, just things that suck. And it's everything from like, you know, death to DMV lines and everything in between, um, which I probably won't get to get to solve either one of those. Um, but <laughs> what I, what I've found with startups is it's kind of like an idea that, you know, so ideas are cheap, right? Ideas are easy. Lots of people have ideas. I'm sure you've talked to, to people in your life that said, oh yeah, I had the idea for eBay before it was eBay or the idea for Uber a long time ago. It's all about execution. So, um, and what I found about startups is it's, I don't really pay a lot of attention to competition. It's mostly here's something that's intriguing to me personally and a lot of ideas just have this short half-life, like within 24, 48, 72 hours. It's like, oh, that's not going to be a big enough market or there's too much competition or it's, you know, technically impossible, whatever. 
And the, the good ones just won't let you go. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened with Airspeed. So I had my last company was acquired by LinkedIn. I ran a group there called Sales Navigator. Uh, we took that from about a quarter billion to over, it's now over a billion dollar business. And then I got recruited to Salesforce to become the general manager of Sales Cloud and uh, started in February of 2020. So you know how the story goes. Six weeks later, we're all locked down. We're all doing uh, Zoom everything, uh, Zoom happy hours, you know, Zoom yoga, all kinds of Slack channels and uh, lots of all hand meetings. And, and kind of over a period of a few months at Salesforce, I realized all of this stuff is just scattered all over the place. There's no system of record for things related to culture. And that's where the idea for Airspeed came about. And uh, I started thinking more and more about like, well, how would you tackle this? And and uh, and how would you go about building an operating system for culture? And finally, just said, I've got to leave Salesforce and go do this. So interesting. What do you think when uh, I was actually part of an acquisition to a little startup in the mid 90s that was a Steve Jobs idea inside of Apple that ended up getting acquired by America Online. And, uh, you know, it, it, I'm, I've been through it um, in, in terms of the acquisition. What do you think is the key thing for entrepreneurs, I guess, when you're going into an acquisition? Like, what would you share with a colleague or a friend that's going through that? And culture, I think, would probably, you're, you're like walking into someone else's house and trying to get the hang of it. Um, but and, and also trying to integrate your baby, I guess, in, in many ways into that company, too. But I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was um, having dinner with some friends who sold their house and then they realized that people who bought it were like totally gutting and remodeling it. And I was like, well, you sold it. You have to kind of let go. You know, the new mm-hmm. owner has the rights to do what they want to it. That's kind of how you, you are with a startup. Um, I feel a personal responsibility that if somebody's, you know, when I've had acquisitions in the past that I want to make sure the integration goes well. I want to make sure that this is successful, that they look back on this and say, this was a, this was a fantastic acquisition for us. And so I, I probably put a lot of energy into that. Um, but you also have to defend your team. Like when we got acquired by LinkedIn, um, it was really important to us that we were, you know, working close to where we, most of us were living in San Francisco. So we kind of fought for that to be the case. Um, you know, we kind of fought, I, I fought for people to be put in the right positions and who got brought on, um, into, into different roles. Um, and then, you know, you just have to, you have to really understand where those things are going to, going to blend together. Uh, I think that LinkedIn is particularly good, uh, Salesforce as well, at doing acquisitions where they have people dedicated to making sure the integration is going well. It's not just, you know, they don't just walk away when the acquisition's done and they really take time and actually measure, um, you know, kind of what's the happiness level, what's the retention level, what's the productivity level of those teams afterwards. And so I would just say um, really get to know the leadership, really get to make sure that you are um almost thinking like a service leader for the acquirer, uh, the acquirer. Um, but, you know, they go all kinds of different ways. I mean, if you look at Microsoft in the past, they've screwed up a bunch of acquisitions in the past, um, you know, and they did like Nokia or Skype. And then they did a brilliant, you know, Satya did a brilliant job, in my opinion, on LinkedIn, because he basically said, Jeff, why don't you, the CEO, Jeff, we knew the CEO of LinkedIn at the time, he goes, well, you're in charge of integration. So we won't ask you to do stuff for us. You just tell us how Microsoft can accelerate your business. And it's, I think it's the blueprint for how you do acquisitions well. Hmm. 
So interesting. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. 
I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So, and have all the acquisitions that you've been a part of, you know, you're the founder, so Mm -hmm. you've gone in to the company. Have you ever seen it work where the founder doesn't uh, go in? Well, actually, I didn't go into the first two. Uh, So the first one, uh, first company I had was acquired by Bertelsmann. Uh, We were a digital Mm -hmm. music locker pre-iPod, pre-iTunes, and Bertelsmann acquired us, and they wanted to move the entire company to New York City, which I was kind of excited about. Uh, but they, every week they come up with a new title for me. You're like the, the VP of digital publishing. You're the VP of, you know, and I finally was like, you have no clue what to do with me, do you? And they said, yes. <laughs> and I said, do you, would you be, would, do you want to just vest me out? And they're like, you would do that? I was like, yes, I would do that. So they just vested me out, um, on that one. And then the second one was acquired, uh, MI5 Networks named after the British, um, spy agency was uh-huh. acquired by Symantec. And they were in a hiring freeze at that time. So they, they literally said, hey, listen, we've got somebody to run this group. Um, and again, I was m- more than happy to go um, uh, get get uh, vested out. Uh, and LinkedIn was one of those things where I expected to be there for a fairly short time, but uh, just really found that I enjoyed the culture and enjoyed the team and really liked what we were building on the Sales Navigator team. So I ended up staying for over four years. That's great to hear that. Uh, that's that's great. Um, so, getting back to airspeed. So you're inside of Salesforce, and uh, you see, you know, this challenge. You're probably looking around, thinking, you know, it's got to be somewhere around here. And then you start talking to friends and seeing, uh, no, no one really does that. What what were the issues that you were really seeing around culture that you felt like really should be there and could be really needed? Well, a lot of this, you know, for me personally, uh, a lot of the startups I have are kind of scratching a personal itch. Mm-hmm. So like when I did my first um, uh, startup, uh, my play, it was kind of like I wanted all my music to be in the cloud, which sounds so obvious right now, but wasn't then. And I wanted ultimately my video games and my, you know, movies to be there as well and uh, and realized kind of it was feasible to do with music. Um, with Airspeed, we just had a bunch of things um, where I was like, you know what? I think there's tools that can help facilitate this. It's like, you know, I'll I'll give you some examples. Like we used to in person, um, all my previous companies take the new employee to lunch. And so we'd get a Mm -hmm. bunch of people, we go to lunch, we had, you know, a handful of questions like what's the first concert you went to? What's your most, you know, what's something we'd be surprised to know about you? What do you like to do for fun? And it was great, but if you didn't, weren't at that lunch or you joined after that person, you never found out the questions 
or the answers to those questions and vice versa, that new employee didn't see how everybody else answered them. So, you know, one of the first apps we did at Airspeed was called Intros. And so um, you just kind of say, hey, here's a set of questions. When somebody's joining the company or joining a team, they can just get asked the same set of questions, fill it out in the Slack app. And instead of it just being, you know, lost in the, the data stream of Slack, it's going into a database. So later on, you can say, well, who else has these same interests or who else, you know, what are some of the answers to these questions? So that was an example of something specific. Um, another one was at both um, uh, LinkedIn and then I took this to Salesforce. We used to go around the table in the beginning of meetings and we called them shout outs and personal wins. So everybody would give a shout out to somebody, a team or a person. Uh, I always thought it was ironic that sometimes you're giving a shout out to somebody who wasn't in the room or a team that wasn't in the room. So you never even heard the recognition and got the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the personal win was a verbal description. So if I said I just bought a new house or I got a new puppy, you don't get to see what that looks like. And anybody not in the meeting missed it. So we did an app called Icebreakers. And so now in, in at Airspeed, we have our company meeting at 8 a.m. every Thursday. And every Wednesday, an automated message goes out to, to the channel in Slack for the, that weekly meeting that says, hey, what's a personal win for you for the last week? And I can kind of grab my phone and I can go post a video of, of something I just did or a photo. And I spend five to ten minutes at most at the beginning of the meeting going about and as opposed to something that used to take half an hour or more to kind of go, go around the room verbally. Um, and uh, I've learned more about people I've worked with um, for over a decade in the last four months through the app. So um, there's just a couple of examples of, 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 of we just took all these moments of culture and, you know, we have six apps in total uh, that just launched in the Slack app store starting in March. And they're all about how do you address these like specific moments of, um, of culture. So there, so you've got six. Can you name, uh, I guess you've named two of them so far, but I'd love to hear what they are. Sure. So intros is kind of introduce yourself. We mentioned an icebreaker starting with a meeting. Maps is where do you see where everybody is on a map? And it's not tracking you in real time. It's just kind of where your home office is located. But the thing I was wondering for that is like, I would go be at LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the New York office. Who in the sales navigator team is in this New York office? And how do I you know, reach out to them and say, hey, let's go grab dinner, let's go grab a drink or something like that. So Maps does all that. You see what time zones people are in and where people might be able to meet up uh, for, for local meetups. Um, uh, and we're going to add a bunch of stuff in there. We, you, you can specify your travel so people know they can connect with you and you can, you can be open to suggestions as well. Uh, coffee talk was something that I wanted um, at Salesforce because I, I joined Salesforce, as I said, and six weeks later we're locked down. And I hadn't met most of the people who were on my team. I had a fairly large product product team of, you know, 60, 70 people. And so Coffee Talk is just something where you can opt into a channel, a Coffee Talk channel, and say, I'm interested in meeting these kind of people. You can name them or you can just describe describe their their role or their department. And these are the kind of things I'm talking I want to talk about. And then we will use AI to kind of match you up with the right people. And then not only help facilitate finding a time for that meetup, but then provide you with these, these icebreakers for the meeting. So 10 minutes before the meeting, you'll get a little Slack message that says, here's five questions you might want to ask Kara. Here's five questions you might want to ask Doug. So we can kind of facilitate that, the, those kind of um, getting to know other people on the team that you might not meet with on a regular basis. Uh, so let's see, that's four. 
<laughs> two more uh, celebrations is just putting all your cel- anniversary work anniversary birthday cards on autopilot. Right now, you've generally got admins chasing people around the organizations, kind of you know, uh, kind of uh, berating them to go sign a kudo kudo uh, board card. This is just automatic in Slack, so we go and collect. Um, everybody's signatures and it's all delivered on the day of the work anniversary on the day of the birthday all on Slack. Um, and there's all kinds of fun stuff in there. Like we've got uh, AI prompts. So if you're like, Hey, I know Kara likes sailing and uh, wine tasting, uh, write her a birthday greeting in the voice of a pirate. You know, you can go do that kind of stuff. So just, just fun stuff in there. And then the last one, which is actually one of our most popular apps is called Shoutouts. And so Shoutouts is really how you give recognition. And there's, there's other apps to go do that. Um, so you can give direct recognition. So we worked with a bunch of HR people to say a good recognition involves what did that person do? Um, what was the impact of what they did? And, you know, maybe did, was it attached to any company values? So we have kind of have that structure. Um, but you can also nominate people. So you can say, you know what, I could give that person feedback directly, but it would be much more effective if it came from this vice president or this CEO. Um, and therefore, I can kind of compose it all and have it forwarded to that person so that they can give it directly, which I which I love. And then you can also set your own goals. So you can say, listen, I want to make sure that I'm giving, you know, you know, four shout outs a month or something like that. So you can kind of set your goals and get reminded as a manager of that. And finally, we found that most people are like the the peak of, of feedback is Friday. So we have this thing called feed, Feel Good Fridays. You can turn this on and it basically just kind of reminds folks and says, hey, like, is there anybody in your team you want to go recognize? And then kind of gives a, a snapshot of it at the end of the day. Very, very cool. So you mentioned Slack. Does this have to be in Slack? So the first version is Slack. Slack's kind of our entry wedge. Eventually, we'll be Slack, Teams, web, mobile, the whole thing. Uh, but we found is um, we actually, you know, kind of in the in as you know, in the nature of startups, is often not a straight path. Uh, mm-hmm. So our initial assumption on this was, oh well, we think this should be a mobile app. It's almost like an internal Instagram where you can kind of share these memories and photos and things like that. So we 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 built or overbuilt this and and rolled it out to some folks last year. And consistently heard, this is great, except I live on my laptop and I live in Slack. And after getting hit on the, smacked on the forehead, you know, 50 times, we're finally like woke up and said, okay, maybe we should go do that. Um, So that's when we pivoted and uh, released the Slack apps. And it's been going gangbusters. I mean, we released the first one intros in March. We just actually released Coffee Talk um, uh, this week, mid-July. And uh, we've already got over a thousand organizations using it. We've got over eighty-five thousand employees on it. Uh, we're seeing north of sixty-five percent weekly usage. You know, so the the, the stats are great. That's I'm really, amazing. really pleased with where it's at. That's amazing. So, how how many apps do you envision? Like, how fast are you going to be building? Yeah, I think, you know, we're slowing down for now on apps. I think that, you know, there's a lot of enterprise stuff that we'll do. Right now, we're in what we call the early access period. So we're, we're following the path that just like Slack and Asana and lots of these uh, product-led growth SaaS companies have done where you give it away for some number of months or in the case of Figma, a few years. Uh, and, then, and then you start charging. We'll start charging sometime next year. We'll have a free forever tier. So if you're kind of below 50 employees, 
use all the apps for free or below 50 people using the apps, I should say. Um, above that, there'll be a couple tiers. One will be around how do you customize? And, you know, we've had a lot of requests for people saying, hey, listen, uh, we call a work anniversary this, or I'd like to use our own corporate branding for these kinds of things. And so there's lots of that stuff that comes in. And then, of course, there's people who want to integrate in with HR systems like Workday, Bamboo HR, ADP, things like that. Um, so we're doing that work right now that'll be released before the end of the summer. And what's cool about that is you can start to do things like um, automatically the maps are populated, automatically birthdays and work anniversaries are on, on autopilot. But I can also say things like, hey, you know, and we're we're building a whole bunch of really, really cool AI stuff into it as well. So you can query and say like, hey, notify me if I haven't given enough recognition to my team this quarter or, you know, let me know the next three, you know, work anniversaries that are coming up or, you know, we're about to have an all hands meeting next week. What would be like five good awards that I could go create based on all the shout out feedback I've gotten? Um, so there's a bunch of really fun stuff coming. That's amazing. Uh, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you about AI and how has that really changed the course? I mean, you probably knew about AI before two years ago, but most consumers uh, did not, especially ones not in tech. Uh, so I, I'm so curious how that's changed your company. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I was probably, you know, I, I'm an electrical engineer. Um, I've worked in tech for a while. I was probably caught as off guard by chat GPT as, as, as everybody else was. I just okay. didn't think it had gotten that good that fast. Um, and so it's, I, I'm, for me, it's the most exciting time I've ever, you know, worked in tech in my entire life. Um, and that's saying a lot. Um, but, you know, as I said, we've incorporated really simple stuff like, you know, creating these fun birthday cards or, or work anniversary cards um, or how do you create more pros like, you know, recognition, uh, suggesting, you know, ways to make it sound good. Um, you know, if you look at kind of the average Facebook birthday greeting, it's lots of people just saying happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, you know. So this makes it a little bit more personal if you know something about the person and you can kind of uh, incorporate that. Um, so that was kind of, that's already done in all the apps. The next phase is what's really interesting about Slack is Slack has taught everybody not just to kind of message each other in the company, but how to talk to apps through a messaging interface. So if you think about chat GBT, it's a, it's a, it's a messaging interface. It's all it is. It's, it's already there in Slack. So each app in Slack has a messages tab. And so we're just going to add in slash AI command to every app. So you can just go query that app and you can ask any question like, you know, like who's been here the longest, you know, or how many people are there in, in Chicago or, you know, uh, uh, what are the next, you know, what, what employees have, have given the most praise in the last, you know, year, all kinds of things like that. So that's kind of interesting. And then longer term, all of this data combined with the HR data, you get to start to ask some some pretty interesting, even broader questions like how connected are our teams, um, how engaged are they, you know, what are people that we might want to make sure that they're they're getting more time together, you know, where where might we have you know some some uh, attrition risks, all kinds of things like that. They get really interesting, um, and I think just a much better approach. If you think about how most companies measure employee happiness, it's a once or twice a year survey, uh, mm -hmm. which is. Everybody hates. Everybody hates giving it, putting, giving out. Everybody hates, you know, filling it out. It's stale the minute you fill it out. Um, so if you have something that's a lot more real time, that just kind of is, is, you know, kind of in the background figuring this stuff out, I think it's going to be a lot more effective. 
Yeah, definitely. So having remote offices is uh, over the last couple of years is obviously challenging, whether you're a small company or a large company and people are trying to figure out, um, you know, now that we don't have offices, is this the right thing? Um, but if, if you've got a product like Airspeed, how do you think that really helps to solve a lot of these issues? Yeah, you know, I think the interesting part is Airspeed obviously came out of COVID and, you know, was originally designed to uh, address a lot of remote work problems. I think the thing we found is that these problems exist whether you're in the office five days a week or zero days a week or anywhere in between. Um, and I think the one of th- one of the things that was really fascinating to watch when I got to LinkedIn, because we went from a, you know, 30-person company to this 10,000-plus-person company, uh, was how good Jeff, the CEO, and Ryan, the head of product at the time, who's now the CEO, and the entire executive team was at kind of cascading communications. So it's this very deliberate process of going like, here's going to be our, here's here's our mission. Let's make sure we're always reinforcing that. Here's our goals for the year. Here's our goals for the quarter. You know, and he would he would communicate that to his leadership team. He would he would do all hands every two weeks. There was a very deliberate process of repeating things so that people ultimately were kind of lined up and 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 uh, heading in the same direction. And I think that um, what COVID taught us is that we have to be just as deliberate about culture. And I think that that, um, you know, if the if you think about Facebook, what Mark was trying to create in the early days was a tool set to help people, you know, kind of facilitate their friendships, you know, things that would just help them understand things. We're really creating a toolkit to help people facilitate their work relationships. Um, And so that's that's where I think that that it ultimately goes and plays out. I think the best entrepreneurs are ones that are uh, obviously curious. I think that that's a that is a consistent thread amongst entrepreneurs in every single industry. But but also they love what they're doing. They're passionate about it. It's kind of another child uh, to them in in many ways. And and uh, I heard you say that you like to work on the the blank page. Can you describe this? to people um, because I don't think everybody likes to work on a blank page. Yeah. I like, I like the idea of going like, this has not been solved before. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, like, you know, um, anytime you do a startup idea, the chances are there's somebody that's done some piece of that in the past. There are very little ideas that are completely new. No one's ever thought of that before. You know, there was electric cars way before Tesla, all of that. Um, but uh I like that idea of going, it's up to me to kind of figure it out. And I'm a very visual person. So I love and really have deep respect for user interface. So I don't think in words, I think in pictures. And so I like to like, I have a great partner um, with our UX uh, lead where we can just riff on stuff and come up with, you know, think about how this is going to, to go because I'm much better at kind of going, it's in my head, but how do I get it out of my head and and show other people where we're going to go um, is often taking that and kind of translating that into a visual, even for your writing code. Um, so that for me is the blank page. I love the blank page of start, you know, building a team. And at Airspeed, I'm lucky enough that we kind of got the band back together for, you know, from the last company. And so I got to go work with my VP of engineering and some of his top engineers and my, my CFO. And these are people where 
you know, we, we we're like an old married couple. We finish each other's sentences at this point. So, uh, um, so that's great. But also we brought in some of the most amazing people. This is one of, I'm sure every CEO says this, but this is the most amazing team I've ever worked with. And, uh, we are incredibly productive. So that notion of, Hey, we started small, the vision never changed, but our path to get there changed. And because the vision stayed solid, people were like, okay, we're going to hang in there for the ride. Um, and I think people are just incredibly um, excited about what they're seeing now of how much it's taking off. So that's that's what you get from the blank page. And then, you know, you, every company you make mistakes, you just try to make new ones if you can. So what has been one of the hardest parts of growing this company? You've obviously uh, started other companies and every every company probably has, a, you know, those those hard days where things are not going exactly as planned, but what, what's been probably one of the hardest things with airspeed? Yeah, I think, I think it was trying to figure out what product market fit was. Um, cause I think we, um, we started out, um, with just such conviction like that we were right. And the first thing we were building this mobile app and the web experience and, and, you know, we had talked to a lot, we'd spent like a quarter or two talking to customers and doing a bunch of customer research and all seemed to align with that. Um, and then to just, you know, it not be the right piece out of the gate mm-hmm. was this thing where you're like, wow, okay, is it, is, are my instincts, you know, slipping what's going on? And yeah. yeah. Um, and the ironic part is there's another, um, uh, a friend of mine who started a company that I, that strangely enough was kind of tackling the same problem at the same time in, in a very similar approach and uh, had the same feeling like this is such a no brainer. Um, and they hit a wall and they're, they're kind of trying to, they're doing a very hard pivot. Um, but I think that was, that was probably a moment where we're like, we probably spent a quarter or two trying to figure out like where the goal is still valuable, but how do we get from point A to point B um, and it's, it's a lot more fun to be on the other side of that where you're like, oh, it's working now. Right. As opposed to a, we're searching and, you know, like any startup, you don't have infinite time. I just finished a book, uh, called, yeah, the imperfectionist. Do you know this book? I don't, I love this. It's title. actually, it's Charles Kahn. Do you know Charles Kahn? And it's very good, but he talks about entrepreneurs and how, uh, you know, the best ones are actually imperfect. And, you know, you can sit around the room and strategize and and have focus groups and make all these plans. But by the time you actually do that, then your idea is gone, right? Somebody right. else is doing it. They're faster than you. So he's uh, the chairman of the board of Patagonia. And he talks about the way that Yvonne does things is just, mm-hmm. just go try, right? And figure yeah. it out. And you're going to, and some things aren't going to work out. Would you say that you are an imperfectionist? Oh, absolutely. In fact, the way we describe our, we, we, we call our product specs, not a product spec because I don't want to write long, long documents. We describe each of our sprints as experiments. And so there's no, like some experiments are successful. Some experiments are not, but the important part is we're experimenting and we're doing, we, we, I think we found the best balance here that I've ever had in the past in terms of getting stuff out quickly and, and not like, you know, confusing everybody. So we actually look out a few months um, and kind of try to do a roadmap that gets adjusted along the way because we're a startup. Um, and, but each month we kind of have a major theme. So like we'll, we're walking, this month was all about HR integration. Um, and there's lots of smaller stuff as well, but then we break that month into one week sprints 
every week in our company meeting, we're actually doing bug bashing. So everybody is all hands on the product and really gets familiar. It's not like, hey, that's that's engineering's problem or that's product's problem. Everybody is, is deeply involved in this. Um, and then we're releasing every Monday, um, you know, a new version of one or more of one, one to all of the apps. Um, so it's kind of a nice thing where marketing knows enough what's coming, customer success knows what's coming, so they can kind of plan for things with with customers on the website and things like that, but we can still iterate really quickly. Um, and I, I think that one of my f- favorite phrases is uh, the gentleman Tomer Cohen, who runs product at LinkedIn right now, had a great phrase, which was, I may be wrong, but I'm not confused. Uh, <laughs> I love, which is, uh, and I say that to everybody now because I just say, listen, I know that when I tell you something and I have the the title of CEO, you might think, well, Doug said it. It must be right. But you can quickly convince me to 180. Just give me better data. Right? Yeah. No, so. I, I love that. What's the saying from uh, Orange is the New Black that it's uh, – there was there was a saying that was similar to that that was that was classic. I'll think of I'll think of what it is, but uh, as just a total side note, but that's hysterical. Uh, so speaking to your younger self, you're just getting started. You're starting your first company. I mean, what do you know now that you didn't know then? I think the most important characteristic of an on, of a successful entrepreneur, and you know this, is persistence. And I think that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, one of our investors is Greylock Ventures, great firm, and they recently had an offsite. And Reed Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn, uh, had interviewed uh, Dylan, the CEO of Figma, and he was interviewing a bunch of people. And every every interview started with the "What would you tell yourself five years ago if they were sitting in front of you?" And Dylan Dylan had, I thought, the best answer. He goes, "I would give him a big hug and say it's going to be okay, right?" And then, and just keep going. And I think that's the most important thing. I think it's really, there are certainly, as you know, there's a roller coaster ride. Um, uh, I used to tell, tell my wife that, that uh, she'd ask, how was your day? And I was like, do you want the 10 a.m. version, the 2 p.m. version, or the 5 p.m. version? Because there's three totally different stories. And yeah. not everybody is wired to be able to ride that roller coaster uh, and keep, keep, you know, an even blood pressure along the way. So I think that the most important thing I would tell myself is just keep keep going, right? Don't give up because you're going to be the last one standing. And and, and um, I think I've found that I inevitably come up with the right teams and the right products to have successful outcomes. And so just have fun along the journey. I think it's a lot easier when you have successful products and, and companies that you sell to actually get funding um, and uh, have had, you know, successful um, acquisitions along the way, as you have. Uh, You've built boards, and boards are always kind of a tricky one that comes up for entrepreneurs. What advice would you share with other entrepreneurs? Um, How do you build a board? We had Chip Wilson from Lululemon on who said, before you get any funding, put nine people on the board, then you'll always control the board. You know, like, and again, there's no wrong answer here. It's just, I, I'm fascinated by, uh, there, there really is um, no right answer either. Um, but I think everyone's got really good opinions on this. 
Yeah, and I think there's 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 two different kinds. Obviously, there's advisory boards and there's board of directors. Um, I often see in first time startup, uh, first time founders pitch decks that they have this. They really tout this big advisory board, um, and I'm like, those people don't unless they've invested. They don't really have skin in the game, right? Like lots of people will be like, yeah, sure, give me X thousand shares, and I'll 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 be an advisor. Um, we actually what we do it with advisors now is. Uh, we're pretty selective, and when we do choose somebody like you know Chris Blockhead, as you mentioned, is one. Um, uh, I have a number of others. We start off with just a six-month gig, right? We're just mm-hmm. like, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna test this out. Is, is this working for you? Is this working for me? Rather than a year, because I find a lot of them have this little burst, and then they kind of fall off. And then you know the few that are continuing to you're having great engagements and providing value, then you're like, okay, great, let's go extend that, let's go do something bigger. So I think that's key for advisory boards. Um, it's really got to be people who are stepping up and, and and providing something for you rather than just a name on a slide. And I think board of directors, whether it's your your VCs or an external board member, um, you know, you're effectively getting married over a few PowerPoint slides. So you've got to be really like my I, I'm a big believer in trusting my gut on that. So I would much rather take money from someone who I feel like um, I've done my reference checks on them uh, in hard times. And, and I asked this of, of my last in my last board, one of the investors, I said, send me the last three companies, the CEOs of the last three companies that didn't make it right. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the ones I want to talk to. I want, to, I want to see how you are in hard times. I don't care how you are in good times, you know, or I'm less interested in how you are in good times. Um, and then, you know, you've got to imagine that's a relationship that could last five, 10 years, right? So is that somebody you really want to spend time with? We used to call it the road trip test. Like if you were driving from New York City to Boston, would you like run screaming from the car at the end of the road trip? Or would you be like, yeah. hey, that was really fun. Let's go, you know, grab dinner. And you want the people in that latter category on your board for sure. who are going to add value. Do you typically have independents in the, from the beginning uh, that actually are not investors in your company when you're building I, your board? I, I I don't uh, I, I don't do the the Lululemon like have nine people and then invite the investors in has not been my plan. Um, so we we actually don't have a board right now. We did our seed round of funding, which was like Greylock, Venrock, Salesforce Ventures, a bunch of CEOs from uh, great companies, LinkedIn and others. Um, and, uh, because, because it wasn't, you know, uh, a series A stage, we didn't put them, put a board together yet. We have great advisors at this stage. Um, and we have all the same discipline around here's our quarterly reports. So I send out updates to all the investors. Uh, but we'll, with, with, with the next round and subsequent rounds, we'll start building that board. And then obviously that'll be a mix of investors and outside folks as well. Super, really, really helpful. So how are you getting the word out about Airspeed? I mean, you're growing uh, very quickly. Are you partnering like through Slack in order to do that? Are you just kind of, is it word of mouth now that people are talking about it and and that's how it's growing or how else are you getting the word out? I think, you know, we're not spending money on advertising. We we do a little bit because when people search for Airspeed, we want to make sure they're not getting the velocity, you know, equation or Mm -hmm. something speed um so they can just find the website um and uh most of it is just through the slack app directory through word of mouth one of the interesting things we found that we didn't expect up front is um these slack communities so there's a number of these communities whether mm-hmm. it's women in tech or uh, investor network or something like that that have built this slack community 
And in particular, the intros app and the maps app have been really useful in those communities. And because we're the way we're going to charge is we're only that that 50 plus is only going to be if you're 50 plus in the same email domain for most communities, it'll still continue to be free. Um, But that's been a great source of lead gen for us where somebody sees this and goes, oh, this is kind of cool. I should bring this into my company as well. So that's a really low cost acquisition method there. And then we've got I've got a great marketing team who's just been doing uh, a lot of good stuff on the on the blog and the social side and uh, getting me to post on LinkedIn more more often as well. That's awesome. So best advice you've ever received, personal advice or Somebody sat you down and said, Doug, you're going to remember this advice for the rest of your life. I'd love to hear, is it is it business, personal, a little bit of both? So I think my, my dad, um, who passed away a number of years ago, I remember when I was young, said, if you can find something in your life where you kind of go, oh, my God, they're paying me to do this, right? You know, you're, you're kind of amazed at that concept. You found your bliss, right? And I've been really fortunate uh, to be able to combine what I love, which is kind of sits in the intersection of, of uh, uh, as Steve Jobs would say, the intersection of, of uh, uh, kind of liberal arts and, and science. Um, so for me, engineering and business in this field, initially of product management and then starting companies um, where I, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I get paid sometimes, you know, I'm like, this is exactly what I love to do. And I, I've, I've really enjoyed contributing to larger companies as well. So, you know, at both LinkedIn and beginning of my career at Apple and then at Salesforce. Uh, but this is really my, my happy place. That's awesome. Well, you're smiling and uh, you can tell in your voice, you're having a lot of fun. So that's, what's most important. And thank you so much, Doug, for coming on and sharing a lot more about Airspeed with us and just your entire uh, thoughts and wisdom and entrepreneurship, uh, leadership, et cetera. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.